Making money versus building wealth, the age-old debate within real estate investing. So, hey, guys, Russell Westcott here. Before we cue up the theme song, I wanted to share a little bit of context for what you're about to listen to in the upcoming podcast series. So, this one that you're going to listen to will be broken into four parts. It will be a four-part interview series with a very good friend of mine, Mr. Mike Ponte. And we dive into some really deep heavy, meaty topics. And one of the ones we talk about is the whole age-old debate about making money versus building wealth within real estate. It's often one of those um, misnomers in real estate that you can get a lot of income from your properties and you can retire off the cash flow. But here's the thing is, if you actually structure it properly and you actually do the right, correct tactics and strategies, you can make an income from your real estate investment. And that's what we're going to dive headfirst into here with you. We're going to talk a lot about um, how to build a portfolio. Mike shares the size of his portfolio. I think it's well over 200 units. He's an amazing real estate investor and he just shared the goods in this episode. But before we cue up the theme music, guys, remember, you know the drill. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave some feedback. Make sure you share this episode with a friend. This is how this podcast grows. The podcast grows grows because of uh, listeners like you, because of your generous contributions, of the value you receive from these episodes of you sharing with other like-minded friends with you. Okay, guys, let's cue up the theme music and then we'll get right to it. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, what's up everybody? Russell Westcott here. Brand new interview for you. Tell you what, I know when I invited my good friend Mike Ponte over to the home studio, I knew he would just bring the goods. Mike is one of those guys with all, he's got this tremendous amount of experience. He's been there, done that. He, and most importantly, he's just got a heart that he just wants to help other people. So we dove deep into some really deep topics. So in this interview, pay attention to the, to the following. If you're interested in learning how to make money while working with money partners and joint venture partners, I know many of us have heard these things called acquisition fees and disposition fees and administration fees. How do you make money as a full-time real estate entrepreneur? And not only that, how do your joint venture partners actually thank you for charging them administration fees? And one of the things I think you really want to pay attention to is pay attention to the killer advice Mike's wife gave him when he was out trying to uh, raise capital. And she said, present to me, pitch me the deal. And, and she shared some just unbelievable advice. So we went into a lot of topics and we went really deep. So if uh, pay attention, uh, have lots of notes. I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy this interview. And it's in a wonderful story of, you know, from somebody who went, who was scared, who couldn't even raise $30,000 to who's now raised, you know, multiple, multiple millions. And he's up to over 200 properties. And here, one of the threads that we even went into is, how do you have those tough conversations with money partners and share the good, the bad, and the ugly with them? And then, you know what, even after those presentations are done, a couple of them might even actually refer more people or might even re-up with more money. So an incredible uh, presentation. I can't thank Mike enough. How you doing, brother? Good, buddy. Nice to see you. And, uh, thanks for having me here. This is great. Mike and I go way, way back. We're going to, you know, four score and 20 years ago. <laughs> um, 
Mike and I, we're going to get into a lot of, into some, some big depth here. Mike and I would have almost shared a, a common wall and a cubicle almost yes, sir. back yeah. in the days of working with Dairyland and Saputo. And uh, when I got my start in investing in real estate, um, I was probably maybe a few, maybe a few months, maybe half a year ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and then Mike uh, just started crushing it after that. He actually surpassed everything I've done, and we'll, we'll get into all those, all that wonderful stuff. But um, I've just been a fan from afar, Mike, of everything you've done, and just the way you've treated your real estate investing. You treated it with the the care and respect, and the business like attitude that you did when you were with Saputo as an account manager selling to the food service industry. So you took all that skill set and you just applied it to the business side of real estate yep. and you've also raised a whole bunch of capital you've started and geez i'm telling all your story no, here. Go, so, keep <laughs> going, you're doing a great job keep it going <laughs> oh, oh guys so so um Hey, as an aside, did you see, um, this is just, guys, pay attention here for one second. Um, did you see Saputo is selling their place in Burnaby? I did. And they're moving not far from where our home, my home studio here is. Yes, I did. $220 yeah. million? Unreal. Absolutely crazy. They, yeah. I, I think, I, I'd have to probably check the numbers, but I bet they sold that place in Burnaby for more money than what Saputo paid for Dairyland franchise. Yeah, I would probably think that's probably accurate. It's right? a huge facility, but uh, yeah, quite, quite interesting. So. Well, how's that for a real estate story? Uh -huh. So the Saputo, Lino Saputo Jr., they would have bought an entire business franchise. They bought all the real estate at the same time. Yep. And they actually just sold one piece of property for more than they paid for probably the business. Probably the business, correct. Yeah, right. many years ago, that's fine. So wonderful real estate story. Yep. But we digress. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I get everybody on uh, the interviews here to share a little bit about your story first. Sure. Where you got started. Uh, I probably did a, a terrible job of introducing no, you. No, but uh, great. In your own words, maybe give your, your, your backstory about how you got started. Sure, no, appreciate that. Um, it it kind of goes re really referencing back to, to Russell. And, and, you know, Russell was actually a very great inspiration to me because he was actually crushing. He's being very modest because <laughs> I still remember the day coming into your office and you were saying, yeah, I think I just bought my, or not I think, I bought my fourth property. <laughs> and in my mind, that was just mind boggling. I'm like, how the heck do you do that? How do you buy four properties? And so, you know, I thank you for being a, an inspiration to my life and where, where we're at today. Um, but again, to the story, you know, I started off with Saputo and, and Dairyland, um, and, and my big aha moment for me was, uh, you know, for me, I traveled quite a bit with Saputo and literally mm -hmm. across the country, had a very young family at that point, And I was kind of gone maybe about two weeks out of every single month. And it was really becoming a, a kind of a hindrance uh, to me. And my big aha moment, uh, was when I purchased my first, my personal residence yeah. and I saw how much it went up in one year and in that same so that was kind of the you know the tax assessment and and then i saw my statement from my uh financial advisor and that i've been doing business with for the last eight years and literally held it side by side and i truly said to myself i'm like i made more money in one yep. year with this yep. versus doing this Tax-free. Tax-free, yes, right? And, and you, you forgot to use air quotes in financial advisor. Financial advisor, <laughs> yes. So anyway, I'm like, well, I need to do a lot more of this mm -hmm. and a lot, maybe less of this. And so that was kind of my aha moment. And that's kind of where I started my journey. And I started buying real estate on my own, just started doing my own thing. And I think I acquired at that time, I think it was five properties on my own to begin with. Mm -hmm. And uh, friends started to kind of say, hey, you know, you just bought like five properties. Not much different than when I asked you about how many properties you bought. And then all of a sudden they said, hey, you know what? I'm, 
I'm interested in what you're doing. How can we partner together? And I actually really had no idea. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea and the concept. So that's where it was a lot of the learning process started yeah. to kind of come in. And, and um, I had no intention of actually starting up a, a real estate investment business. I started this as I wanted to get a better return on my investment than mm -hmm. what I was getting today. Yeah. You had an itch that needed to be scratched. Correct. Yeah. And so for me, I was looking out for my family and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it really started to expand and open my horizons um, of where this could actually truly go. And mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the important things when I started this um, and really started to look at it from a business perspective is I was looking at it for more freedom and time yep. and having more time with my kids and my family. And that was some of the challenges that I had with, with uh, my time at Saputo because I was traveling yep. so much. And I found this as another opportunity to get time and be able mm -hmm. to expand it. And everybody's talking about side hustles and all that stuff. This was my side hustle well, during was, my time, I was time, just about right? to make the joke that the, <laughs> the, the side hustle became more than the regular hustle. There's no question. It, it really got to that point. It was... It was, you know, coming home late at night from mm -hmm. a job and then starting to work in your real estate business. Mm -hmm. and, and you worked hard at it, but then you had to have that vision and clarity of yep. where you needed to take it. And that's what, what I did. Yep. And it was uh, great. It was, it was phenomenal. There's ups and downs with all everything as well. And yep. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. But <laughs> we, got lots of, we got lots to talk about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about kind yeah. of the journey and the history. And, and like I said, it's been a, a lot of fun. So so your first places that you would have bought, as you said, yes. on your own, would they probably been just equity takeouts, maybe from from the house, your personal residence? Yeah, that that's up? correct. So we had a bunch of equity in our home and um, it, within the first year, actually, it was quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so probably not much different than a lot of people started getting invested. Yep. We took a, an equity, uh, a home equity line of credit. I yep. still remember to this day both. You know, my wife trusted me 100% on this, yeah. but signing it, I was shaking even though, because I really didn't know exactly what I was doing yeah. and I was just trying to go through this journey. Signed it, home equity line of credit, mm -hmm. set it up, bought yeah. my first place yeah. and uh, and then just kind of snowballed from there. Right. So, yeah. And then and then you get into the point typically where you've, you know, with the exception of a plan B, you always keep some aside, yes, always, uh, that you would have exhausted that. And you're going, geez, this has been so much fun. And I'm actually just starting to catch my groove. Yep. Um, I need to now take the next level. And the next log uh, logical step is to start raising capital That's from other correct. people. Correct. Um, so, Fast forward, bottom line, rough numbers. Um, how much capital have you raised so far? And what's your portfolio sitting at now in in just rough terms? So currently we are just under 200 units. 200? Yeah. 200. Yeah. So we got a mixed bag of multifamily and residential. Yeah. Uh, I think the number, and that's going to be really rough, but I'm going to say probably close to around five. Five million? Five million, million? Somewhere in that vicinity. Wow, so, fantastic. Yeah. A hell of a student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sitting here, look, look at me taking credit for everything that you've done. So so no, it's it's 100% of who you are and what you become and just the deals that you're putting together, you know, not without their challenges yes, and, of course. And, and, and troubles. So, so we were... Where do we go here? I have so many different avenues of conversation. The first thread of questioning I want to ask you is, yeah. and we have this conversation all the time, and, and I was just talking with some really high-performing real estate investors, and you would have went through the same thing. How do you get past a little bit of that fear of opening up the money conversation with somebody else to invest with you? To invest with us? Yes. You know, there's a thing that I tend to talk, to, you know, I teach mm -hmm. this, and at the same time, I also, you know, yep. we talk to a lot of people about this as well. And there's kind of an, an eye-opening experience that happened many years ago, actually, mm -hmm. when I first started looking at this. And the big part, and this was actually my wife that taught me this, she's like, you know what, 
present to me because I was having all sorts of challenges. Okay. All sorts of you're challenges. Getting, you were getting capital. in your own way. Exactly. So <laughs> to raising capital, all sorts of challenges. And here's myself, you know, managing a massive portfolio of Saputo and negotiating a lot of contracts, yep. all that stuff. You know, kind of a little bit of swollen head thinking yep. I can do this. And then here I am trying to raise fifty, sixty thousand dollars and I'm failing miserably. And I've just not <laughs> been able to do it. Yeah. And the big eye-opening experience came to me was to actually stop selling. And mm. Not to sell. It's it's actually really sharing a little bit about what you do and wait until they ask for permission to talk more about that. Right. And so the key thing for me is I do share a little bit about what I do mm-hmm. and then I just shut up. And yep. you know, big thing is, yeah, I, I own a real estate investment company. Right. Done. So that's, in, in t- for guys, if you're following the modules, that'd be in the module of uh, the qualification module. Sure. So really, that's kind of your elevator pitch. As simple it, as, what do you do, Mike, and what do you say? Yeah, and for me, it's just like, yeah, I own a real estate investment company, yep. and I invest you know, throughout uh, market uh, throughout Canada. Uh, we own residential and multifamily properties. Simple. It's really simple. Right. And then they tend to say... Tell me more. Tell me more, right? So tell <laughs> right. me more, Mike. Right. What's going on? Yeah. Like, and the, that's cool. Because let's put it this way, guys. Real estate and real estate and the real estate entrepreneur is very in vogue right now. Very much. Right? Yes. It's like I, I use the joke, uh, entrepreneurs is like the new rapper out there. Is everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur sure. and many different things. And people want to know about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So really, you just open the door. Somebody has said, so So let's just role play this. So I've sure. said, Mike, what do you do? You've told me that. Yep. And I've said, Wow, you must be, you know, the for two things come out. One is you hear slumlord, yeah, right? Or or wow, that's really cool. I wish I could do something like that. Sure. Yeah. What do you then typically do then? Well, I'm just like, you know what, I started just not much different than yourself. You know, yeah. people I, for me I just got started because I was really interested in real estate. Yeah. And it just kind of snowballed and grew from from that point. But yeah. really anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it on your own or work with companies like ourselves, uh, there's always an opportunity. It's depending on really what your goals and objectives are. If you yeah. are wanting to invest to raise, you know, generate a little bit of a secondary income for yourself. That's where real estate provided a benefit. Um, but sometimes you just don't have the time and you don't think about it. Well, there's other ways to do that mm-hmm. and be it our company or another company. That, those options are available. Wow. Did you guys just see that? If you're sitting here, I'm just looking into Mike and I'm sorry if there's a bromance going here, but he just, <laughs> he's just so smooth and his eyes lit up and you, you're just, you're just, I could tell how passionate you are about what you're doing because yeah. his entire body was just oozing sorry for no, it's, it's hot okay. outside it's hot <laughs> outside today uh, and, and we're gonna have to blot a few times here i think too but um but i can just see that and and i just was naturally gravitate towards that that my next thing would be wow i like to learn more sure and then you set up a meeting i would imagine absolutely so you know you know these types of conversations tend to happen like you're at a barbecue or a friend's <clears throat> event or, mm-hmm. or anywhere it, it's yep. a common question that always tends to happen yeah what do you do? Yes. And even during my time with Saputo, this was a learning process. Mm-hmm. I had to really share what I did. Yep. And it wasn't Saputo. It was my real estate business and constantly introducing that that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And these discussions tend to be happening over and over and over again. And then there's lots of these inquiries. We would set up that potential meeting because, right. again, it's hard to kind of get into the nuts and bolts and the details of, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this, about what their objectives are. Um, Because you're not going to do a full presentation in front of people and having a barbecue. Not at the front of the first meeting. No, not at all. It's more important just to really build that nice uh, relationship personally and get a chance to know each other before you actually have that potential meeting. Do so. you do all your still kneecap to kneecap with people that you meet or do you have you branched out into 
you know, other people and a bigger bigger network? Or, or is it primarily just the, the one-on-one still? I still do one-on-ones mm. with yeah. a lot of people. Mm. Um, now, there's times that, so for example, you know, my big base right now is is lots of referrals. And, right. and so it's from existing clientele. And I, you know, maybe I'll share an example. Uh, but I had an existing client that just yep. said, hey, you know what? Um, I've got some people that are interested. Yep. Would you mind maybe having lunch with them and and uh, and just reviewing what we did? So that discussion was supposed to be one or two people. Yep. And then when I arrived for lunch, there was nine people there. Nice. <laughs> winner, right? winner, chicken so dinner. It was great. You know, it was great. So I was like, wow, I don't have that many presentations in here. But, but regardless, um, so here I am having lunch with nine different people that yep. I wasn't anticipating and just reviewing kind of what we did. Yeah. And here, you know, at the same time, based on that meeting, we literally closed every single one of them. So wow. it was amazing, right? And so The quality of the lead, yes, the quality of the presentation. And, and and you know what? It's just who you show up with. And, and, and I've said it all the time, our best salespeople are people that we've done deals with. No question. And their referrals are, they're their best salespeople. So that's why I'm so adamant about everybody just to get that first one Correct. done. Because that first one that you do can ripple into probably three with that first person. Yep. And they'll probably refer you to at least one and a half to two or three more people. In right. your case, nine. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it happens to exactly your yeah. point is you get this rippling effect. And, um, you know, the one thing that I love to, to talk about is, you know, you want to build and uh, coddle those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, there's going to be some real tough times sometimes. There's going to mm-hmm. be some really tough discussions that you'll have. But I'm a big believer that you got to hit that directly no matter what. But, you know, you, your joint venture partner may or may not be happy at that moment, mm-hmm. but they know that you're constantly on top of that. Yep. And it spreads and says, you know what? Hey, Mike's done a really good job here. You know, we've had a couple of hiccups, but I trust him wholeheartedly. Yep. And I think this would be a good person to get the chance to know. It's it's easy to excite somebody into a, an investment deal from the beginning. Yes. Sell them on a dream, solve their pain. It's easy to do that. The difficult part is be a good operator Absolutely. for a long period of time yeah. to make sure that their investment's protected. There's no question. It's a marriage. You know, yes. No matter what. It's yep. a three to five year marriage. You are committed to these people. They're committed to you. Um, you know, they've provided you with their trust and their capital to support it. And you need to do what you're supposed to do is manage the investment, manage the property to your your heart's content and try to do the best you possibly can to make it as successful as you possibly can. But truly, it's a joint venture partnership amongst two parties. Yep. There's going to be goods. There's going to be bads. And part of it is just communication. And I think I'm a yep. big believer in that. So. Open, transparent communication. No question. Um, have you identified what your ideal, I call it the dream dream investor. Sure. Have you identified what, yeah, what they look absolutely. like? And maybe to describe, yeah, absolutely. describe for people. Yeah, like, you know, over the years, we've been doing this for quite some time now. And, and you know, you've we have some great partners. Yep. We have lots of great partners, but yep. probably in its infancy, maybe not as great to yep. begin with because we didn't really have the clarity as we do today. Yes. Um, but when I look at it uh, today, kind of our ideal client, um, you know, for us, we're looking at a business professional, somebody mm-hmm. uh, on their own business or yep. someone that's in maybe in the health profession. You know, we've got a lot of doctors and dentists and physiotherapists. Yep. Uh, these individuals are high net worth. They've got lots yep. of good capital behind them. 
but they tend to be some of my best clients. Yeah. Um, the individuals, um, you know, if I went to really break it down even further, their age is probably between somewhere in the area roughly around 38 to 60 years of age. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to sound kind of bad, but the reality is, you know, we're, if, if I look at our entire portfolio, we're looking at about 75% male. And it's not that mm -hmm. we want to do that. It's just what's been attracted to right. us. Um, and, but, it's, you know, for us, even when we are talking with the individual, we obviously want to get the spouse involved. And But that's kind of our... That's our, when we look at our initial meetings, our initial discussions, mm -hmm. that seems to be kind of our demographic and the type of people that we're trying to attract and target. Right. Um, and if we go back to kind of the referral place uh, or referral part of the, the discussion, you know, successful people tend to hang out with successful people. Yes. And so by having those discussions and having these referrals, they tend to hang out all with each other. Right. So you tend to get a very similar type of profile yep. or uh, or client uh, yep. amongst them. And and again, those are the types of tenant clients that we always are trying to right. attract. So business owners, you like business owners. Uh, we do. Yep. You like professionals. Yes. You like high net worth individuals. Very much. You like people that have no time. Correct. Right? Because all those things lend to that they can appreciate the value you bring because yes. they've, they've gone through and they've educated themselves in a case of a doctor or dentist or lawyer. They've educated themselves for a long period of time. Correct. They value the time and effort you put in. Very much so, yeah. They value the work that you do. Um, you know, no different than the work that they do. They're, they're busy practitioners. They're yep. running a business. Correct. They don't have time to have their money, uh, manage all their money. So they actually turn some of that over to you. Correct. And, and that's, yep. that's exactly right on the money. It's like yep. the reality is they don't have a lot of time. They are either looking for diversification or they've had their aha moment too mm -hmm. as well, especially if you look in the lower yep. mainland area. You know, we've had appreciation, significant appreciation. And in their mind, they're saying, you know what? I wish I had two or three of those. Why didn't I do that back then? And so now they're looking at you as I have the opportunity and I don't actually have to do any of the work. Yep. So this is great. So I'll give this to you. You take care of all of it. I'm just going to look for for this at the very, very end. And, yep. and that's wonderful. So I, One of my best guys, one of my best closer, closing lines, whenever I always will have a meeting at their house, typically. Sure. Typically, that's that's where I like them. And I'll have the conversation about their house. Yeah. I love your house. Look wonderful. You know what? Did, what have you done with it? Sure. And what uh, do? What did you pay for it? What's it worth now? Yep. Man, it went up quite a bit in value. Would you like to do that again? Yes. But except for this time, have somebody else pay for it. Yeah. It's a great way to answer. Right? That. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the best ways to go there. So we're we're just getting into the the conversation here. I actually just noticed I have to change over the change over the card here. Uh, we're burning we're burning through memory cards here like crazy. So we'll be right back here. This is Mike Ponte, my good friend, and we'll be right back. Great. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.